0: Welcome to Musing the Mysteries, a podcast by Barney Wiggett. Let's go, let's go. Well, welcome back. This is part two of a teaching on outer circle Christians. And in part one, I talked about how we tend to kind of sequester ourselves in the church uh, to a less scary but a more sickening place, like on a merry ground, we go. We fight our way to the center to this sequestered center, choosing rather to be sick, like nauseous, you know, than scared on the outside. And uh, how Jesus prioritized and emphasized the poor and the lame and the blind and the and the crippled, and the people on the margins, people that are the most hurting—widows and orphans—and. In chapter 15 of Luke, he is addressing uh, kind of inner circle Pharisees who disdained anybody on the margins, anybody that wasn't like them, you know, and he told them three parables, a lost sheep, a lost son, and a lost coin. And in each case, there was, you know, the, the a lost person found, brought home, and a celebration ensued. And in the first part, we talked already about Jesus being an outer circle-seeking Savior, where he goes, he leaves the 99, goes and finds the one. And in this one, we're going to talk about the parable of the prodigal son. I'm not going to read it all uh, because you're familiar with the story. I'll read a piece of it in a bit, but... In verses 11 through 32 is this parable of this lost son. You know the story. Uh, This man has two boys, and one prematurely wants his inheritance, and he can't wait for his dad to die. So he just says, "Dad, you're not dying soon enough. I want my inheritance." And he takes his money and he wastes it on wine, women, and song. And he ends up being so impoverished, he's feeding pigs and eating pigs' food. He decides he's going to go home, but he kind of, you know, prepares a speech for his dad and just says, I'll be one of the slaves. He gets home uh, and his father runs out to meet him and kisses him on the neck and puts a robe on his back and, and shoes on his feet and ring on his finger and kills a fatted calf and has a party. Then in verse 25, the narrative turns to tell us about the older brother who really is what the parable is really all about. The Pharisees are obviously uh, being depicted by this attitude of this older brother, and it says, meanwhile, the older son was in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing, and so he called out to one of the servants and asked him, what, what was going on? Your brother has returned, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and have never disobeyed your orders, yet you've never given me a young goat and, so that I could celebrate with some of my friends. But when this son of yours has squandered your, pro- your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So obviously the, the theme is this inner circle son, this son that considered him, himself to be, you know, an inner circle. Uh, he always stayed home. He He said, I've been slaving for you all these years, which is so typical of the legalist and the inner circle kind of person that, you know, is is really trying to win the father's favor uh, with favors, with hard work and slave, slavish kind of uh, spirituality. But this inner circle son hated his outer circle brother for his outer circleness. He hated that the father fawned over him after he had failed so, you know, sorely. It's interesting to me, and, and there are so many things that could be talked about. And I, I frankly have taught the parable of the prodigal son in more settings than I can count and in more times and series than I can count. So uh, there's so many things that could be said about it. But I'm just trying to focus on one particular aspect of the story. Uh, but I will say this, both these sons, both these brothers, they were both lost sons, one was lost in rebellion, and the other one was lost in religion. Both of them needed to come home. I mean, one left home while the other one was never really at home to begin with, you know, with his father. Recently, when I was teaching in a church about this parable, I said, "You know, as a good older brother, what should he have done?" And you know, the answer is, well, you should have tried to talk him out of leaving. he I mean, but he didn't want to share the house with with his uh, with his brother, and he didn't want to share his father's love with him. But he should have tried to talk him out of leaving to begin with, and then if nothing else, at least go try to find him and get him home. But you know, when he does get home and he encounters him, I mean you could almost hear him say, you know, you have no one to blame but yourself here, little brother. And and that's that's kind of the the obsession of the inner circler. They're obsessed with blame and shame. You know, you've ruined your own life. What'd you expect? I mean, you did this on your own. But outer circle followers of Jesus don't care how people got lost. They just want to bring them home. It's interesting how Jesus left the story, as he does in many of his parables, he left it unfinished. And I think that's so we could see ourselves in it. It's kind of, you know, like a movie with alternative endings, you know, on the DVD. This story could end in a number of ways. And what would be, a, I asked his church recently, what would have been a good ending? Well, that his brother gets it. He he, he joins the party. He gives his brother a big hug and, and tells him, welcome home, brother. So this, this older brother, um, in a lot of ways, depicts a lot of Christians that I know who have lost the perspective on what we're here to do and lost our perspective about what the human family is all about and our brothers and sisters who don't necessarily come from the same backgrounds or don't necessarily have the same uh, socioeconomic or ethnicity uh, background that we have. And uh, we have sequestered ourselves in the center of the merry-go-round and we've lost the sense of the centrifugal force of the Spirit compelling us outward to people outside of our sphere. I, I should say outside of our, our uh, comfort zone. So in the first parable, we learned about Jesus being an outer circle seeking Savior. And in this one, I think we see that the Father loves outer circle sinners and wants the rest of his family to love them too next time we'll look at the last parable in Luke 15 in verses 10 through 8 and talk about how the Holy Spirit lights the way for us as we seek outer circle sinners. Until then. Let's go, let's go.